Hey dreamers, welcome to another episode of the Money Matters podcast. Money and happiness. Yep, we're going there and we're bringing Matt Phelan, co-founder of the Happiness Index, along for the ride. With the current social climate, political instability and the cost of living rising, many of us are feeling stressed, anxious and uncertain about the future. When we feel unsafe, we often look for certainty, comfort and immediate relief and many of us use numbing techniques to do so. We buy food, games, we watch movies, or like me, we do online shopping. But does that really make us happier? In fact, can money equate to happiness? We're really excited to explore this with you today. Matt, welcome. Thank you for having me. Very excited to have this. It's it's like an age-old question of the time, isn't it? (laughs) Before we dive in, we're going to share a win of the week. This week, we're celebrating Dana. Dana and her best friend Lara are saving for their dream holiday at Disney World in America. So far, they've saved about $8,000 combined, and when they're old enough, they plan on getting jobs to help fund it. Go Dana and Lara. We love celebrating you on your big and small wins throughout your journey, so be sure to submit your money wins on the forum for your chance to be featured and to win extra points in the Dreamers Hub. So Matt, I've known you for about two years now, or been lucky enough to know you for two years now, and I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Before we dive into what is an incredibly complicated, nuanced topic like happiness and money, can you tell everyone who is listening today a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got into the field that you're in? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And yeah, it's been amazing getting to know you, Maddie, and and the work that you're doing, which I think is amazing. Um. And the, the reason I know you is because uh, you worked alongside one of my ex-employees. Um, and yep. I, so, so my role now is, is it, I've got a made-up job title, it's Head of Global Happiness. Um, but, but really, I'm co-founder of a business called The Happiness Index. Um, and the reason I'm connected to Maddie um, and c- connected to Little Dreamers is because I... I took the philosophy of building my first ever company that I started at 25 years old, which compared to Maddie is like really old um, <laughs> point to start. Um, we built it on the philosophy that we didn't focus on money. We focused on um, the happiness of our employees. And, and we felt that if our employees were happy, they would look after our customers and the business growth would take care of itself. But um, that was a that was a philosophy, not a methodology. Um, so we built that company up and sold it, and then invested the money into a business called the Happiness Index, which is more of a methodology and science um, and and technology platform to um, to help companies help their employees be happy and therefore perform better. So that's a long winded way of explaining how I know you and what I do. But um, yeah, I, I feel like I've got the best job in the world. I think you have the best job in the world and I think you have the best job title I have ever heard of. And maybe we should rename everyone at Little Dreamers to have fun titles like that. I think maybe yeah. it's a motivation thing. I think it, I, I, we just let people make them up. We Like our, what we would call like your CTO, so Chief Technology Officer, he calls himself Head of Robots. <laughs> um, That's awesome. So, yeah, I just think it's good. It's good. I think, I think there's job titles were it actually fits into the conversation that we're about to have but they were a status thing for the previous generation um and it's different in different countries and and it's still really important to some people in certain countries but i think yeah i think the next 
sort of my generation sort of started to reject traditional job titles and I think the next generation also because they just want to work on cool exciting projects and fun things to do and things with purpose rather than have a really good job title. So we're going to kick off with probably the easiest question in the world. How do you define happiness? What is it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's good timing. It's good timing because I'm writing a, a book on this at the moment. Um, and broadly speaking, if we go back, let's go back to China, where we've got our first sort of, sort of written, um, written and recorded stuff on happiness, um, and we take it up to the modern day. So I'd recommend people read up on Stoicism and Stoics. Uh, which is kind of a, like a half, a half sort of Roman, half Greek philosophy type thing. But I think in terms of what we do, what's happening now in terms of the world um, and COVID, Stoicism is really important um, up to uh, up to modern times now. So I'll, I'll give you the, the I'll give you the the, the free versions of happiness, um, yeah. and there's the, the one that people normally mistake what I do for, which is I'll try and use my fingers here is, is um, number one is mood so mood um, goes up and down uh, statistically you're more likely to be happier in the morning than in the evening so it's the morning for me in London um, yep. and it's the evening for you Maddie in Melbourne yep. um, so you're probably I'm probably happy than you statistically speaking <laughs> but you're a pretty happy person so maybe that's uh, not right so mood is the first one um, yep. second one is flow um, most people who have ever worked in a team can probably remember a time when they weren't in flow, when people are sort of get a bit annoyed with each other, people are undermining each other. Um, and, and often when you're in flow, you don't realise you're in flow because you don't realise how lucky you are. It's like when you've got a really good team or um, things are just going really well and you're, just, you're in flow. Sports stars speak about it a lot. Um, and... And the third one is, 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 is what you have, Maddie, and what your team has and what your organisation have, which is purpose. So in the UK at the moment, the NHS, which is our national health service, feel like they have a real purpose because for years the, the health service in the UK has kind of like been ignored, but all of a sudden everyone realised how important it is. Um, they're, they're the three known elements. Um, and I'm going to introduce a, a fourth element, which... There's not enough data on that. We're starting to collect more data on it. Um, and it's, I call it the fourth dimension of happiness because I can't think of a better <laughs> name. So feel free yeah. to name it. But um, there's lots of people talk about this, but I think it's important to have data on stuff before you can really say it exists. But it's the importance of relationships, which we know. You know that if, you, if your relationships are poor, you're probably likely to be unhappier. But there's not much data on it. Um, and we're trying to bring more data out on that. So... Um, I know that's a long-winded answer to your question, but there's there, there's lots of different types of happiness, really. And I just want to point another thing out that unhappiness is not bad, and happiness is good. It's not like unhappy is bad and happy is good. It's called being a human being, and it's natural for people to go through stages of unhappiness and happiness. It's it's as medically bad to be happy all the time as as to be unhappy all the time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you you find some people who are happy all the time. I think they're a bit odd. I'm, sh- I'm like, surely no one can be happy that much all the yeah. time. It's not uh, it's not right. Yeah, and quite often um, it's a mask. It's, it's a masking technique, Maddie, where people yeah. feel like they need need to show that. And, and ultimately, that that um, 
can lead into a degradation of your own happiness because you're pretending to be someone else all the time. So it's okay. It's okay to be in a bad mood. It's completely normal. <laughs> we, um, we've had a couple of my team members and some of my friends have completed a course at Yale University online called yes, The Science great, of Wellbeing. It? Well, I haven't done it yet, but I've heard that it's really good. Um, but it's a course that teaches you how to be happier. Of, yeah. according to what I've heard. Do you think that we search too much for happiness or that should we be searching for it all, all at all or where can we find it? Yeah, uh, you, all easy questions today then, Maddie. It's me, uh, <laughs> 8.20 in the morning before I don't my coffee. Um, I think I interviewed, um, I'd recommend people to, to check it out. Um, is it in the UK, um, when I was growing up, he's, he's got the best, he's got a better job title to me. He's called Norris the Boss Windross. Um, <laughs> and he was a really, um, he was a really big garage DJ back in the day in London, um, and Ibiza. Um, and we talked about this and, and, and what he taught me is about, it's about giving yourself tools. Um, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give, uh, I'll give you an example. I remember when I was younger, um, uh, sort of like 17, 18, I remember one of my female friends was going through mental health issues and I never spoke to her about it until recently, like 20 years later. Yeah. Um, because I just didn't have the tools. Like I've been hard, I, I should have done better as a friend. I admit that. But now through education and the work I do, I understand mental health more. Um, and I feel like I could have a conversation. But when I was 18, 19, 16, whatever it was, I was an idiot. I just didn't know what to say or how to talk about it. Um, and you're supposed to be an idiot when you're a teenager. That's part, that's yeah. part, of, part of the thing. It, you, you regret it if you weren't an idiot when you're a teenager. <laughs> but I think what it's about is, a, is, is about understanding yourself. Um, so let's pick, on, let's pick a relationship as an example. Relationships as an example. You might be attracted to certain people in your life, in friendships, um, in proper relationships that make you unhappy. Um, but, but you kind of have to have the tools to kind of learn and acknowledge that. And the, I, I believe in uh, coaching. So I've, I've had a coach since I started my business, first business in 2008. And the best bit of advice I got from Clive Island, who's a neuroscientist, is listen to your body. So you know what it's like when you, you meet someone and you, you have a feeling about them. Um, or you're feeling stressed. Um, and I know you're really bad at this particular one, Maddie, at taking holidays. Um, <laughs> and you know that's my personal will issue to get you to take more holiday. <laughs> is that you can feel it. If you literally if you do listen to your body, you can feel it. You can feel when you're too stressed. Um so I I, I don't think there's an issue with the pursuit of happiness. Even um, I'm pretty sure the American uh, Declaration of Independence makes it a right um as, as a citizen to to pursue happiness. Um, but I think it is the cliche of it's, it's about the journey, but even myself, my first business, my second business, I was always thinking about like, what's going to, what it's going to be like in five years time. Uh, and now I just think, you know, this is brilliant. Sunlit. I'm in London. The sun, the sun is shining. I'm chatting to Maddie. He's got this amazing charity and I like, I just try and live in the moment more. Um, so it does, it is a bit of a cliche, but I think it's about developing yourself and learning about yourself, um, and enjoying the journey as you go. So that makes me think of so many things like this world of social media that we now live in around, okay, well, I'm going to pursue self-care and I'm going to pursue happiness, but I'm going to post all about it on social media and I'm going to make sure everyone in my life knows I'm doing it. And 
It might be that I'm paying for a new gym membership or I've bought myself a new, for me lately, it's been pajamas for some unknown reason. I've just been buying <laughs> lots of pajamas, but it's probably because yeah. I'm not getting out of them at the moment in COVID. But we yeah. find that we need to share everything that we do, whether it's in our pursuit of happiness or, or for a sense of, uh, I guess, response from our friends and family. How yeah. do we deal with that and how do we protect ourselves from the harmful effects of kind of being around that world of needing or wanting to show everyone everything or having everyone show us what they have as well? Yeah, um, there's two, two points on that, Maddie, um, and I'm going to talk about two Americans quickly, which is one is uh, Theodore Roosevelt, um, the president. I think he's on Mount Rushmore. I'm sure I'm, he might be. Hopefully Donald Trump doesn't end up on there. But um, <laughs> He, he had a great quote, which is, um, comparison is the thief of joy. Um, and I'm going to come back to that quote. Um, and anyone who's listening, I want them to kind of like not feel bad about, about how you described it. Because the way I see it is Mark Zuckerberg has billions of pounds um, every, every day to make you give your attention to him. Um, on your phone and that little thing that um, I haven't even got here. Oh, I have got it here, but your engineer, Chris, will tell me off. Um, <laughs> is that it, they, companies like Facebook understand how your brain works. They understand think, all the chemicals in it, like dopamine and so on and so on. They understand things that make you happy. So they artificially create environments that you think are making you happier. Ultimately, they're giving you a tiny little bit of drug of the mood happiness that we spoke about at the beginning. So yeah. when someone gives you that like or they comment, it gives you it gives you a little notch up in mood. But what it's not addressing is the two other parts of happiness that we spoke around around purpose um, and flow. So uh, what I always think in my head um, as a father, I always think it's it's Mark Zuckerberg versus me. Um, for the for the attention of, for my children's attention from me, and um, so I've actually I've I've gone a step further. I left Facebook years ago. I've left Instagram. I use social. I use Twitter and LinkedIn for business. Um, and if any, I know you've got quite a young audience, Maddie. I'd recommend anyone um, that's listening to start their things like their professional profiles, like LinkedIn, record their volunteering stuff they're doing. Um, but first off is just to remind everyone that comparison is the thief of joy, but don't be harsh on yourself about things like social media, but do recognize it. And I've got a very addictive personality. So I have to, I have to stop. Like I'm not someone who can have biscuits in the cupboard because I'll just go and eat all the biscuits, like whatever it is I have to do full on to the extreme. So I know with social media, um, that I would be like that. So I just had to come off it. But again, that's knowing yourself, isn't it? If you're the type of person who can check Instagram two or three times a day and it takes up 20 minutes of your time, that's cool. That's, that's enjoyment. Um, but if, if you're not like me and, and, and self-control is one of your problems, <laughs> then consider leaving it. But again, I think it comes back to knowing yourself. Um, but test it as well. Like, Why not leave social media for a month and, 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 and track your happiness? Like, just write it in a, on a piece of paper, like score it from one to ten. And then see how see how you are. I know from leaving Instagram that I'm certainly happier. That's something that I'm going to try this month because I've noticed that reading the news lately, I've noticed that my mood really changes 
when I read the news. And if, if I'm reading bad news, which is just seems like what 2020 is all about, I just yeah. find that my mood is constantly impacted by whatever is current affair wise, whatever is happening around me. So I think I need to remove myself from reading current affair a yeah. little bit at the moment. And, and again, I know I've been a bit harsh on Mark Zuckerberg, so let's pick, um, let's pick another advertising environment. But again, if you think about what that, that, that feeling is there, Maddie, is that let's, let's say something really, um, uh, really bad happens in Melbourne the newspapers are not going to get people to click on that article unless they really sensationalize it. And because yeah. they, they are paid on the model where the more people who read and the more people click, the more money the newspaper gets or the news channel, they're never going to write an article that says something like, oh, it was an average day in Melbourne today, nothing happened. <laughs> it's just not going to happen, is it? No one's going to click on it. Or, and, 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 and you know this from gossip. I think everything, everyone think back to when you're in school. Bad news travels faster than, than quicker news. So they know that. Again, yeah. you're, you're competing with people like Rupert Murdoch um, for your happiness because ultimately that's, that's their business model. That's what the businesses are made on. So you're giving up your happiness to a lot of people. And I'm, I'm not saying everyone's just going to live in the woods away from all this stuff. It is about balance. It is important for us. to. Like, Technology is great, isn't it? Like, How would we live without Google Maps as an example? Um, exactly. But... Um, but it's understanding how it makes you feel and the balances of it. So how come when I purchase something and it arrives at my door in a beautiful delivery package, I get this, this I guess, peak of happiness and I'm loving life and I get this instant gratification, but it doesn't stick around and suddenly my instant gratification from my delivery that's arrived on my doorstep today doesn't represent happiness anymore and does that mean that money can't buy happiness okay so we're on to the we're on to the big question so <laughs> we're very we're very we're very fortunate i live in um the uk and england yeah, you live in australia no matter what what no matter how critical we want to be of our countries we live in amazing countries right like if if you want to go and get like if i want to get a glass of water this morning it takes me two seconds yeah. um so it's a very, this is a very first world question um, because money does make you happier up to a certain point. So um, it goes back to um, Maslow hierarchy of needs. So if people haven't heard of that, go and Google it. But essentially it's, and I'm trying to do it, it's like a triangle. And at the bottom it's got things like safety um, and shelter and all this kind of stuff. So if, you, if, if you're not lucky enough to live um, in, a, in a country we do, most most people, if they get money, they're buying things like fresh water, they're buying proper shelter, an insulated um, place to live, and so on and so on. So in, in outside the first world, money makes you happier because it's getting you the basic resources that, that moves you up the hierarchy of needs. Um, in, a, in a first world country like Australia and the UK, um, for a lot of people, what it's doing, um, no, matter, no matter what, once you've got up to a certain amount of money, and it varies, um, it varies from country to country, but all you're really doing is buying, like, it, car, cars are all the same, really. So if you've yeah. got a banged up car, um, but then you buy a better car and a better car and a better car, you're not really improving it. Even if you think, like, someone who can afford a yacht 
um, and they're going on a yacht. It's the same as someone um, that might be going out in Sydney. Yeah, it's not the same as, but someone can go to Sydney Harbour and get themselves yeah. a little dinghy. I don't know if you can go to Sydney Harbour and get a dinghy, but um, um, that's what happens. And then, and then because when you don't have transportation and you do get transportation, that's like a massive increase in happiness. But then when you move from like, I think the Australian dollar's just like gone ridiculous, hasn't it? So yeah. if you're... If, if you're going, I won't even try and put like an amount of money in it, but if you're going from like a low, cheap car to a really expensive car, um, it doesn't really, it doesn't have that same increase. Um, yep. So it has little nudges, but this is why a lot of people and, and the new generation sort of, um, sort of uncovering things like purpose, because things like purpose and, and doing something like you do, Maddie, is going to make you a lot happier then moving from like a VW Beetle, I'd, I'd say about cars that I use this example up to whatever the most expensive car, a Ferrari, up to Ferrari is not really going to make you much happier. I mean, that makes a does lot that of sense. Your and question, I, Maddie? It does answer my question. So, where should we look for happiness then? If it's not going to come in the deliveries that arrive at my doorstep nearly every day at the moment, which is a a bit of a, a question that I should deal with and another challenge I should deal with at another time. Um, where can we where can we look for happiness and how do we remind ourselves, especially in a really turbulent time like COVID and lots of different things, how do we remind and ground ourselves in, I guess, our self-care and our self-love? Yeah, I think I think it goes back to the same thing, which is listening to your body and understanding yourself. Like you just people have got just take time to slow down and think about um, like what makes them happy, what doesn't like. I'm really, um, I'm a farm boy, really. I'm a nature guy, but I live in London. Um, um, and I miss nature all day, um, all day, every day, but I don't need to get to an office anymore. The world, COVID has changed the world in the UK, certainly, because uh, we do everything like this. Um, so nature's what makes me happy. It's actually called something called biophilia. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tendency in all of ourselves to, to, to seek other life forms. It's a bit Star Trek-y. Um, but um, I, it's different for everyone. I, um, I haven't updated it re- recently. We do have a happiness index Instagram. And whenever I meet people, I ask them what makes them happy. No one's ever said the same answer. There's always broad themes in there. Um, but everyone has said, said different things. It's always a unique answer. So I think understand again it's, it's understanding yourself um and that's that's a journey journey for yourself but slowing down and taking a bit of time to actually do that consciously is, is really important um have you heard of shadow theory maddie i haven't um it's a theory by a, a psychologist called um cold young um it's quite scary when you when you hear about it because it's a it what it's says the things that you that annoy you about other people that you know can often be a projection um of stuff that's true about yourself um and i'd recommend i'd recommend people to 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 have a read up on that as well um because often the things that are making us unhappy are also indicators of of something we need to address internally so people often call it projection so like you might look at someone and say um oh, they're this and they're that, or they're they're the most annoying person you know. And what it's really telling you is something about yourself. 
Um, so I do think a, a bit of exploration of, of yourself is, is, is really important. So my last question for you today then, Matt, is what makes you happy? Oh, good, uh, good question. Um, <laughs> mine, is, mine is independence in all my relationships. So I will, I will come freely to anything to, if people invite me, like you've invited me, Maddie, um, which I'm really honored to be on here. Um, my friends invite me to go and do stuff with them um, and so on and so on. But I have, I have this, I hate being like feeling like I have to do something. So I will, I, I always just seek freedom and independence um, in, in all my relationships, my friends, um, uh, my family and so on and so on. So I do, for me, it's just, I suppose that's why I work for myself and why I'm trying to help the world of work because work can make you feel like you are forced to go to this place and do it this way and be a different person and so on and so on. So I just, yeah, I just, um, I just like to be free. And that sounds like a really basic thing, but if I feel anything's encroaching on my freedom and I, I've been, um, trying to help out as much as I can on the black lives matters movement stuff. Um, and there's that, there was that horrific video, um, where the guy, um, gets shot in the back, uh, in America recently. And I watched, I watched what he did and I thought, I would have done exactly what that that guy did. He was basically walking away um, to his children. Yeah. And um, for me, he was doing the right thing. Yeah. So, yeah, getting a bit emotional. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you as always for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to talk to us. And as always, thank you for imparting your incredible wisdom on me. I learn so much every time we speak and every time I get to see you in London. Um, If I know you've said you're not on Facebook or Instagram, but if our dreamers want to learn more about you and your incredible work, where can they find you? Um, yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, which, uh, most people who are under a certain age won't be on, but I'm also on Twitter. Um, so it's Matthew with two T's and feeling with a P. So it's P-H-E-L-A-N on Twitter. If you want to follow us on there and always messages. I do. I am again, as you know, as I said, like I'm obsessive. So if someone messages me, I will message them back. It may take longer than I expected, but I do trawl for all my messages and make sure that, um, obviously if someone's just trying to sell me something straight away I just put archive um, <laughs> but if someone generally wants some help or, or is looking look career advice or that kind of stuff I love I do that's something that does make me happy like I love like hearing about other people doing well I love what you're doing Maddie and anyone who's just who just wants to get out of bed and, and try and do some good stuff I'd, I'd really love to hear from you Thank you so much again, Matt. I, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm happier just from speaking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's great. And thanks for having me on, Manny. And I can't wait to actually see you in the real world. It's, it's lovely Yay! doing this, but I'd actually prefer to be sitting with you and having a coffee and chatting. Oh, can't wait. Now it's time for Dreamer Diaries. Each week, we'll follow the adventures of two young carers, James and Julie, on their journey to owning their finances. James and his brother have agreed to do a gift exchange as a way to bring some joy during the COVID-19 lockdown. James decides he's going to buy his brother some books he's been interested in and spends a few hundred dollars. He can't wait to see his reaction. 
Come the day of the exchange, James gives his brother his books and in return receives an SD card. James is hurt. He spent over $80 on his brother and in return he got a used SD card. His brother encourages him to plug it in, but James brushes it off and says he will later, still annoyed at the small item. Unable to sleep, James plugs it in and sees that his brother has created an archive of all their childhood videos. It brings a tear to James's eye as he spends a good hour looking through them. Waking up his brother, the two sit in bed as they watch the footage together, laughing and reminiscing about everything they see. James thinks it's the best gift he ever received. He can't put a price on what his brother has done for him. Outside Julie's local supermarket is a group of homeless women who frequently sleep outside. Julie often drops a few coins whenever she can, even giving them bread rolls and small items if she notices they don't have anything to eat. One day, Julie notices one woman with her head down. It's a cold day, and despite having a hot coffee and blankets around her, the wind is particularly cruel as it blows. Julie has just finished work for the day and can't think of anything better than getting some food and crawling into bed, but walking past this woman feels worse and throwing some money or food at her feels misguided. She decides to approach her. Kneeling down, she introduces herself to the woman and asks her what's wrong. The two exchange a few words and Julie asks if she'd like to come to a local cafe with her for some food. The woman declines, so Julie tells her she'll be back. Walking into the supermarket, Julie picks up two bread rolls and comes back outside and sits next to her, offering her one. She continues to talk to her as if nothing has happened, but to the woman, everything has. Julie learns that the woman's name is Irene, that she stays in a shelter around the corner when they have spare beds. She worked in marketing and was a victim of domestic violence. She speaks three languages and wants to learn Italian. She's often cold sleeping outside, but she's okay. In all the months she sat outside the supermarket, Julie is the first person to sit down with her. Julie feels warmth, then guilt. Guilt for not making a connection earlier and warmth because it took nothing of her to do so. It costs her no money or hardship, and if anything, it was a gift. That's it for this episode. This week, I challenge you to practice gratitude just once. Find five minutes to sit down in a quiet space and close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths to center yourself, then say three things that you are grateful for. You'll notice that soon you'll be able to name more than three and a sense of contentment and calm will be felt. You'll also notice that rarely are any of the things that we are grateful for associated with wealth and money. Gratitude is a simple but profound practice that can improve our mood, perspective, and negative thought patterns. It doesn't take long to do, and it doesn't require anything but yourself and stillness. Remember, you can share your progress with us in the forum on the Dreamers Hub. Bye for now.